Hey guys, Broker Brett here. I had a ton of fun recording this episode with my old buddy Ryan Riot. You'll hear me kind of giggling at the beginning. He had his giant dog on camera, which was a lot of fun. And then we get into the importance of coffee and how even at a startup I'm helping, we had a new hire in the U.S. And uh, what did we do? We scheduled a cup of coffee before she got started just to connect, you know, person to person. You know, he works for Nespresso. Uh, which kind of brought that topic forward. I mentioned I've only had one job that had a really nice coffee machine and it was a fun little afternoon treat and a cool place you're in and the coworkers. And on the flip side, I've had offices that had just sawdust coffee and you just kind of bear with it. You know, and you always see people making Starbucks runs. So we get into the upside of doing something nice for your employees, you know, especially as people start coming back to the office. You know, we talk about what we think a post-COVID world looks like. Also, the importance of sports and sales and toughness, um, you know, that that breeds and team mentality. You know, we joke around about my little brother, too, who, you know, he loves and he has fun running into and hanging out with and, you know, all that good stuff. So if I can help you out with anything insurance-wise, that's brett at npbic.com. And then I'll make sure to have Ryan's contact info in the show notes as well. But hope you enjoy and uh, maybe grab a cup of coffee while you listen. Thanks. Hey, there we go. We're making this an audio video episode because we have a special, special guest. You know, Ryan Riyad's already a special guest. Now we got a double. There we go. <laughs> All right, cool. We'll do this one as a video. Um, what's up, man? Thanks for coming on a little early. Thanks for sharing a cup of coffee with me. And uh, oh yeah, being a homie. I, I feel like I've run into you outside of this. You always talk about it, so yeah, we got to do it. Yeah, for sure. Um, but yeah, man. Uh, so Ryan and I have known each other for a bunch of years, went to the same high school. He's a couple years older, you know, much naturally cooler, uh, better natural uh, I don't athlete. Know that. Yeah. <laughs> I think we're even there. Uh, we get lucky. We get lucky. Um, but yeah, man, we haven't had a chance to talk to Nespresso. And I was actually joking with Todd about it earlier today. You know, we... Uh, you know, I saw him at the golf course. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. He was saying that. Yeah. Yeah, it was, it was random. I was like, Todd, react. So like, okay, so I had your brother. See ya. <laughs> <laughs> I actually wanted to jump on early so I could go get some swings in because I'm supposed to play golf with him, my dad, in a week, and I haven't played in like seven years. So if I can beat him after not playing in seven years, it'd feel really good, which is kind of me. Yeah, but you also have an excuse too. So it's a win-win. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, but yeah, man, so not to force the work conversation too much, but so Fineo's a startup in Canada that's come to the U.S., and they recently had their first U.S. hire outside of me helping them get licensed down here. And what did I do, man? I scheduled a, a morning coffee before she got started. I was like, hey, let's hop on a virtual coffee before we're officially. How can you not? Yeah, it's it's what you do. You chop it up. You uh, find common ground. You connect person to person. Um, the neck of well, the I think, I think nowadays, this is kind of unfortunate. I hate the phrase new normal. But it's it's almost like it's accepting to have calls or meet people for the first time like this before you'd have calls and you'd have 20 people in the room. Only one person had their camera on. Mm -hmm. And it's like, who are you really speaking to? You haven't met yeah. any employees yet. So you kind of feel like you're still disconnected from the organization. Well, I think there's something actually kind of weird and interesting. Now we're going almost like a 
meta route, but so I'm naturally a big guy, six, three and change. My little brother's a big guy. We walk in a room. It's like, ah, one thing I like about zoom is everybody's at the table. It doesn't matter how big you are or whatever else. Like everyone's at the same table. Everyone has the ability to speak up. And I think that's something kind of cool. That's came out of COVID. I feel like well, distractions are cool too. Yeah. yeah. Like kids running in the room. That's part of normal life now, which is amazing because it makes you more of a, I think human to human connection. Dude. I like dealing with the whole person. You know me. Like, I've never been that, like, formal. I get annoyed by stuffiness or people waiting three months out to schedule something. Like, we, you know, we texted a little bit. We threw down on this. Yeah. I kind of like the, we're all just people trying to figure stuff out, helping each other out, you know? Um, It should be that way, right? I mean, we're not trying to, you know, I think rip each other's heads off, but there's a point where you just got to be nice. Yeah. It's It's not that difficult. Well, there's plenty of people in the world that need coffee and plenty of people are going to need insurance, man. We got a lot of, a lot of people we can oh, take I care of out there. Yeah. So, so how, uh, how long have you been working with Nespresso? how did you sync up with them originally? Yeah. So I've been in the industry for probably about 11, 11 years now. Um, when I say industry, it's mostly like food, uh, food service, uh, distribution. So Nespresso specifically coming up on a year and a half which was right before uh, COVID hit, um, which was kind of a blessing in disguise. You know, I, it's weird. I, I knew about Nespresso for, you know, five years, but they aren't really known as an American type coffee. And there's tons of opportunity here to, I think, not only educate consumers about Nespresso, but I think, you know, we've expanded our line to be more Americanized to make the coffee offerings, uh, I think, more attracting to Americans. So everyone wants larger cups of coffee. Well, we just came out with a larger Americano. So that gives you like eight to nine ounces. So it kind of fits the palate of what Americans want. Dude, that's funny you say that. Um, We're at an Airbnb. My wife's doing a... uh... I forget what it'd be called, not residency. It's like a two week rotation while she's in grad school for her DPT and the eight ounces, the preset on the coffee maker felt about right. You know, it's just, yeah, it's funny. Perfect. Yeah. So yeah. is there a, I don't want to say like a little bit more industrial, but we work hard, kind of play hard in the States. Everything's a little bit bigger. And then when you say Nespresso, when you think like espresso, kind of, you know, Italy, everything else, like, is it a shift mm-hmm. over from like the, I don't even know how big an espresso shot should be like an ounce and a half, maybe two ounces. So, I mean, really, you know, our technology, I, I think, you know, our CEO said it best the other day, we make stuff not to waste stuff. So it's a That's great cool. way to put it is, is our capsules are predicated on the only specific amount of water that you need, and that's it. So other than that, you don't need to put 24 ounces in because a lot of times that goes to waste. So our capsules are really predicated our, on our own technology. So we can control the whole process. That's cool. Now, your guys' stuff just seems higher end, seems nicer. You know, it's funny to say I've never been around like an, an espresso machine in like a, a hood situation. Usually it's like a nicer office or a nicer <laughs> home. <laughs> those other guys, yeah, I don't even he, mention them. Those other guys are around those questionable environments. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's, yeah, it's kind of a weird scenario to me because – I want it to be available for everyone, but unfortunately, you know, you know, it just doesn't resonate with certain people, which is okay because that's why coffee is so great. It, it pleases so many people. Um, so it's just enjoyable to be, you know, part of something that people are happy with. Yeah. Now I've heard uh, nectar of the gods, you know, bandied about before, <laughs> I, you know, 
I don't know. Coffee's weird. Like I've always been a sales guy and it's just like been kind of part of the rhythm, you know, um, coffee meetings, coffee during calls, coffee breaks, you know, yeah. It, it's kind of interesting. I mean, if we're totally honest too, like there are some net positives and there may be some things too much caffeine could be n- negative, but there are some really mm-hmm. good things too for circulation, whatever else, you know. Well, everything's better in moderation, as they say, right? Yeah. Regretfully, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I guess that, I guess so, you know. Well, I'm going on my sixth cup, so I don't think that. Uh, I hit four today. Some this is four. There we go. Yeah. <laughs> no, one's, no one's competing though. Yeah. <laughs> That's funny, dude. Except if it's goal scoring. We don't want that in moderation. We want that in bunches. Oh, yeah. yeah. Right. Well, I'm an assist guy, so I don't care about scoring goals. All right. All right. Well, I, I kind of feel the same way. I was I joked as a point forward Le- before LeBron made it cool. Um, but just you. Yeah, you were. We should probably talk about your basketball career. Now, nah, your soccer career is much better. You know, but I think <laughs> from like a sports standpoint, it's just such a good lead into sales. You know, like it is. Being able to get yelled at a little, being able to work on a team, you know, being responsible for your own conditioning as well, you know. Yeah, I I think sports is probably the most uh, life analogy I use with everything. Yeah. Uh, whether it be the friends I'm surrounded with, uh, you know, the the commitment to whatever I'm doing, and just having like a full in attitude that you just gotta you gotta compete. You know, winning's great, but it's probably the lessons that you learn yeah. over time. Because um, if you have the win-win attitude all the time, you're not really a person that I really want to be around. Because there's no, there's no fallback. Like if if you don't win, that means you're gonna have a terrible time. Well, I don't like being around negative people. That yeah. just, just I don't know. It's just you don't need to win at everything to to be successful. That I just, I think it's a great lesson that kids are finding out instead of just giving them a trophy to feel like they won in reality, it could be like, okay, you need to get better so you can get a trophy and yeah. kind of work harder. Well, I actually did not have, it's funny to say as an athlete, I didn't have very much success. I got my legs as an athlete at like 20. I was like the seventh man on freshman team. I'm still waiting for mine. <laughs> yeah, right. No, we're working on it. <laughs> um, but like seventh man of freshman basketball, which is a sport I cared the most about. I was good at track, but nobody ever like, you know, asked God to be a great long distance runner. Um, yeah. But yeah, so I was like seventh man would start on sophomore, seventh man on JV, like, and I think it just built in a grind a little bit, you know, and I think it really helps with sales where like, you're going to make those calls and like, not every call is going to go well, but if you can kind of fall in love with the practice, that was a big Kobe thing, you know, you'll be ready for the game and the big moments. You can fall in love with the grind side of what you're doing. The outcomes will basically take care of themselves, you know? Yeah, I've kind of taken the mindset because hearing no is so easy in sales. And you just got to accept it. And it's almost like it's got a trigger light. But once you hear no, that's got to fuel your fire to make them want to say yes, Mm -hmm. eventually. And so you could put them on your like future pipelines or whatever. Just have that kind of in the back of your head that it's kind of like when you didn't make a sports team. You know, I always refer back to sports, but that should be able to drive the fuel to make you want to be the person that that said that, that you couldn't be. Yeah. Well, what, what I kind of do, we can go on sales philosophy for a second. And I, yeah, I read sales books. I you know, sold with my dad for a number of years, sold with the CEO at American. I learned a lot. But um, I always try once. You expect to get pushed off once. You try again. You get pushed off a second time. You kind of have to live to fight another day. You can't drive so hard yeah. that you sort of burn a contact. Um, and it's like anything else in life. It's bringing value. It's awareness of the other situation. Exactly. Um, 
Yeah. So six years I did office relocation sales and, you know, household moving sales. So one random thing I have up my sleeve is I've seen the guts of just about every kind of business in Southern California. So it's pretty cool. Yeah kind of put my mind's eye on like what their day-to-day is probably like, what their office is probably like, and kind of connect that way. Are there any, um, I don't want to say tricks, but as you're getting into new markets, new companies, or any kind of rules of thumb for you personally that you find helpful? Uh, so, so right now, like the, the emphasis is really on healthcare. Mm. Um, you know, especially for, you know, what the forefront, not forefront, but the frontline workers are dealing mm. with on a day-to-day yep. basis. You know, these, these employees sometimes get left out of, you know, what's what's important to them and what we think is, I, I guess, a value offering. You know, coffee's great, but, you know, if, 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 they're, if they're getting something rather than nothing, I don't think that should be the attitude of people that are going in to risk their lives on a daily basis. I think it should be, are, are they enjoying what they're getting? And a lot of times that doesn't get asked to the employee yeah. themselves. They just look and next thing you know, you have employees bringing, you know, say Starbucks, say Pete, say whatever coffee yeah. brand it is from outside into the office. And you want to say, well, why do you even provide coffee for them if they're not even drinking it? Yeah. No, that makes like sense. to me, that doesn't, yeah. it, it doesn't feel like the employees being taken care of by the organization. And that's where we kind of bring ourselves into the mix to say, look, how can we elevate or bring a different conversation to your employees where they come in happy, excited for that Nespresso cup of coffee that they may not get anywhere else? Trying to think. Um, There's one sales job I had that had a nice coffee machine that was a game changer uh, at the moving company. There you go. See, you're already, it's already top of mind. No, totally. Um, When I was at the moving company, just a lot of cold calls. It was like, I'll call it sawdust coffee, very industrial coffee. And like people were so jazzed to make a Starbucks run or whatever else. But I see what you're saying. Like, you could send a percentage more and get something that people are actually happy to have that kind of make the workplace that much more enjoyable can encourage congregating that much more versus something you kind of manage from a utility standpoint, you know, it's cool. I didn't think about that. Yeah. It's, it's a, it's an expensive cost at first, but it's a long-term I think commitment because retention right now is, it's gotta be so high Mm -hmm. for any organization. You probably lose a lot more, just by adding a nicer cup of coffee than you would by losing that employee. Oh yeah. And it's fractismal compared to a salary. I mean, I don't know what the machines cost, but I can't imagine it's much compared to a programmer or whatever else, some that you value having in the office. Um, yeah. The other thing I've kind of noticed, you know, through the office moves, seeing a lot of companies, um, people who do well personally and professionally tend to invest in value, you know, and kind of that upfront cost and then they maintain what they have. You know, so I could see it kind of as like an investment in the company and the personnel as well. Yeah. Oh, it's massive. I mean, realistically, I think any investment into the employee is going to bring in more results. Oh, yeah. Um, and, and plus, you've probably seen that. I mean, you you know, when you when you go to work for an organization and they give you all these perks and you're like, wow, this is pretty cool. They're they're giving me all this, whether it be office equipment or yeah. any resources I mean, how far or how much do you take that in consideration knowing that they care about you or makes you want to work harder just for them? Well, even just I'll call it consideration, you know, everything from onboarding, having a computer ready to go with your login set to yep. making sure the office is properly cleared out from whoever might have been in there before. I've, I've had both sides of the coin where I couldn't start a job for two weeks and I've had it where things were teed up, you know, yeah. and 
you know, when you think about like a nice coffee situation too, kind of creates bonding in the break room and all that. Cause you know, we're going to be back to normal before too long, you know, and yeah, it's going to matter, man. Like I, you know, I project, you know, maybe a quarter of people stay fully remote, maybe a quarter of people kind of run the office full time, you know, but I think yeah. at least half to more of the, it's going to be like a flex and maybe you work at home when you're on your own. Maybe you work remote when you're just processing, but I still think in person over a cup of coffee, that's how you get stuff done. That's how you hash things out. Like I can't wait to be in your office more regularly with my buddy Ed I'm working on the brokerage with. I can't wait to get back to Canada to work up with my startup buddies and to be in a room and, you know, share a coffee, share a beer, share a meal and to really do like yep. the digging you can't do over email, you know? Yeah, and I think the mindset is, you know, I, I heard something the other day. Um, they used the comparison of eating out. And as much as we're at home these days, the experience eating out needs to be twice as better as once it once was. Because everyone feels, oh, I can just cook. I can stay home. I've been doing it for the past year. You know, if, if it's not better than what I'm having at home, it does me no value. So restaurants are having to step up their game twice as much as you know, being in yeah. the industry. Yeah. Um, we equate that conversation to the office because the employee, as you said, they may not have or want to go in the office. Yeah. So these elevated programs like what we do or anyone else that's providing in the break room, they need to be top notch. That's interesting. And they need to feel like that. the employee they need to feel like the employee wants to go into the office now and not feel like they can still work remote for the rest of the year. No, that's a really good point that we're kind of taking it as a given, but there's going to be a lot of people who are alert to the, like the remote. And like you're saying, it's got to be a pleasant experience. You know, the world kind of shifted a little yep. bit where you almost have to like court the talent back. And I do think, you, do. you know, you know, it's been good. Like my wife and I used to be super busy, kind of like ships passing night sometimes. It's been a really cool, interesting year sharing a space and me being her PT person and her hearing me on calls. Um, but a lot of people don't have the room to work from home either, you know, in town, especially big cities, whatever else, um, you know, they want to go in there and chop it up. But yeah, I don't think the in-person. Yeah. I mean, it's, yeah. yeah, it's, I think we're all evolving into, I don't think humans are meant to work like this. So I think we're all trying to do the best we can, but we're so eager to get back out when it's so safe for all of us to do it at the same time. Yeah. I heard there's actually like a, a cognitive load. Like it's not easy even seeing yourself on video all day long. These things like wears people out because they're not used to it. You don't realize the back yeah. of your mind's like, what am I doing? Like you're not used to paying attention to yourself, you know? Well, I, I think there's so much distraction around us as well that we're yeah. not fully engaged like we would be in the office. Yeah. I, I mean... I honestly, I like the idea of a balanced situation, but I guarantee, you know, I don't know. It'll be interesting. I think it'll be more meaningful in person too, you know, when we're yeah. back because we'll realize the value of it, you know, won't take it for granted, you know, that standing Monday meeting, Tuesday meeting, I think we'll be intentional about sort of opening stuff back up. Yeah. yeah I mean, not to go too much into the weeds on this, but I think in the, you know, person to person, as you touched on, mm -hmm. you just get you get other emotions that you can't right now. Oh yeah. Right. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's just a weird feeling when you're talking over a phone call and it goes silent. And other than you've seen the person think in person, the person's doing the same thing over the phone and you're like, okay, hello, anyone there? Or yeah. 
it's like, yeah, I'm still here. It's like, okay, that would never happen in person because then obviously you'd know what they're doing. Well, so it's just little stuff like that. As we kind of run over each other a little bit, and I'm only in San Diego and you're in LA, and there's still like a little latency, you know, like I'll deal with my guys in the East Coast, little latency. I was talking to guys in India today. It's hard. The timing's hard. There's something to in person yeah. too. Like, I love stand up comedy. I love the back and forth. When I run into you in the wild, like we're joking right away. Like, <laughs> it's hard via digital. Well, it's pretty easy to do yeah. it in person. Exactly. You know, there's little cues and stuff that we just miss you know, on a person to person level. Yeah. And I think coffee is like the ultimate just kind of daytime break connector or whatever. You know, I love my happy hour beers, but you can't be doing that at 10 AM, you know, <laughs> oh, you, well, it's 10 o'clock yeah. somewhere. Yeah. Unfortunately. <laughs> you know, the coffee, I think it's a perfect little middle ground. Um, <laughs> yeah. I think it's so weird. Even just as a sales guy from networking, like thinking back to all the random Starbucks meetups, whatever else, just that kind of middle, you know, middle ground of connectivity. Um, yeah, I, I hadn't really thought about what a direct kind of tie coffee's had in my professional career, you know? It's pretty funny. Well, to me, I used to hate coffee. When I first started doing this, I thought the taste was so disgusting. Yeah. But as you continue to – I always thought if I'm going to sell something, i got to be passionate about it. Yeah. And it's tough to have customers believe in you because they'll see right through you and roll, like, real quick yeah. how genuine they are. Because, you know, as the saying goes, people, people that – uh, that really want to buy from you, I think truly enjoy what your feedback is mm -hmm. from an honest level. Oh, and yeah. to me, it's really difficult not to be passionate, passionate about what I do and, and kind of sell something otherwise. Oh yeah. No, people sniff it out quick. I think you can, I'll say BS for a conversation and you can kind of push stuff through, but especially at enterprise corporate level sales, that's a relationship. That's a year long sales cycle at yep. times. Um, no, there's gotta be authenticity there. You know, it's funny. My coffee palette is like, I can tell stuff that's freshly ground versus stuff that's been packed. Nespresso is always wow. been top quality, <laughs> not to like a crazy degree, but just from like a staleness standpoint. And then I always loved Americanos. And then somebody mentioned that, okay. like, that's cause they're fresh. Like, you know, it's, you, you know, no matter what, you know, Americano's made right then. Um, but yeah, Americano with a splash of whole milk's always been my, like, you know, when it's available, go-to. Yeah. Got it. Okay. Yeah. Wow, you're you're like a uh, coffee connoisseur. Yeah, a little bit. My wife gets a little more fancy <laughs> in her orders. Um, but yeah, man, no, I'm excited. Any kind of creative things you've seen from, like, a meeting standpoint as people are opening back up? Or any do people bringing in some fun, like, workplace culture kind of conversations at times? Uh... Let me think. You know, there. I think a lot of locations are. It, it's weird. Uh, when I say weird, it's it's kind of like you never even thought this would kind of evolve. Yeah. Type of workplace environment. So, there's just no game plan. There's there's literally no game plan for people to understand what, what the wrong and right way to do things are. Okay. So. When I say kind of like a weird concept, just it's just eye-opening to me when I go into these offices now. It's yeah. really like cubicles up with, you know, sneeze guards or oh, yeah. like just stuff you would regularly see in like movies. Yeah. And it's it's one of those things where you kind of think, does that make people comfortable or does it make them kind of uncomfortable? And it's kind of a weird dialogue to have because safety has got to be at the forefront of every company's mindset mm -hmm. right now. So I think it's still really early 
to know if that's going to be consistent across the board with organizations. But, you know, I, I, I applaud those who are taking the initiative yeah. to make employees feel safe because you can always, you know, backpedal a little bit and take little bits off um, here and there over time. Yeah, we'll be on the flip side of this soon. I mean, we're America, you know, it's funny, you kind of make, I don't say wrong decisions still the right one, and then we really do it. But the engines turned on the entrepreneurial spirit of America, you know, want to keep commerce going, you know, I kind of see us just rocking and rolling right now and knock on wood, hopefully by the summer, back to normal ish and kind of learn some lessons. Well, Brett, have you have you changed anything personally, like since this happened, that's like been a positive in your life? Yeah. So one benefit, I am truly looking forward to being back in the room with people, but sort of normalizing the distance relationship. Um, so like, for okay. instance, before this, I was the only one on a Zoom a lot of time with, you know, at the startup I'm helping. I'd be like a laptop in a room, but now I get to connect kind of direct with everybody. But that still doesn't change the, you know, setting up time to converse, you know, still doesn't change the need yeah. to have a shared common ground, like a cup of coffee. Um, for me in startup land, it's been a, a good reach and I've been able to connect with younger sure tech folks across the country or people running startups across the country. But for the traditional day to day, it's been a big hindrance, you know, not being able to cold call, go out in person, get coffee. You feel like you're holding position and not trying to lose ground in the traditional sense. But candidly, some yeah. of the startup stuff has been more connected. You know, those are the two things. So you don't you don't cold call the you don't get the yellow phone book out and start calling people's no, calls. Yeah, still calling, but cold call. Yeah, even in person <laughs> though, like not being able to drop in on somebody, you know, that you've had like a start oh, yeah. with the old excuse like I happen to be in the area, you know. Yeah. Um it's tough, you know, that in person matters, yeah. man. If I drop by an office, they have an espresso, we can't just kinda steal a conference room for a minute and bond. It's been hard, you know, to kind of forge I'll call it new traditional relationships, you know. Yep. No, I totally agree. It's a good yeah. point. So just holding ground for now, but we're all right. The floodgates are going to open soon. Yeah. I agree. Yeah. It's going to be a big year, I think, coming up. I'm excited for it. Yeah. I think everyone is just ready to go. And, oh, yeah. Uh, I, I, what I like most about it is the competition is going to be even higher, mm -hmm. So I, which is great for business because then you'll get really the, the interest of pros and cons of each segment. So no matter what you do in life, I think the industries are going to be exciting to sell into and, and kind of get everyone's feedback. Uh, I feel bad for saying this way. It's a hard year on a lot of people. Um, a friend, you know, wrote an interesting white paper about the Spanish flu and apparently 30% mm -hmm. of businesses went under, but then within two years, all those businesses were replaced. So hopefully the entrepreneurs yeah. were able to pull chips off the table, kind of wait, and then they can come back in a new form. But I think we're going to see like revamped industries, new restaurant offerings, whatever else. I think, there could be like a nice little revitalization. And I know too, there's a little bit more of a push for onshoring, like manufacturing could come back a little more. Um, I think there's a lot of interesting stuff on the flip side of this. It's been a challenging year and a half, you know, year. Um, but I think it feels like a year and a half, but I think, you know, 2021 and 2022, it's primed to really be interesting, you know? Yeah. I mean, we, uh, we had basically our boss told us one word, that how we would describe 2021 and I chose optimist op, optimism. Yeah. So, I mean, your, your attitude alone says it all. Like, I think the entrepreneur spirit will never die. Oh, if yeah. they owned a restaurant, they, they will not let them be defeated. Oh yeah. Well, so anything, 
it's kind of like it's going to clean stuff out a little bit. I hate to say it that way, but we're going to have like a lot of green territory. You know, I mean, there's going to be a lot of green pasture to go work right now, you know. Yeah, I just hope it doesn't really take away from the small business yeah. person and it doesn't get swallowed up by the larger. Yeah. Um, because that's not who we are as a as a country. You know, this is really a, a mom and pop feel that makes us you know, who we are, each individual city, because, mm-hmm. you know, growing up in, you know, Placentia or Belinda, you know, PK's restaurant yeah. or just to That's name true. a few, I, those were always be something we drive by in the memories that we had in high school that we, we love contributing to small businesses like that. Yeah. That's to me that it just made our, our childhood even that much special. No, I loved it. It was a great area. Um, you know, Ryan's mentioned North Orange County. I kind of joked that we weren't too rich and weren't too poor. You know, weren't too rich where we we're out of touch and weren't too poor where we had like stressful day to day problems. You know, it was a nice balance in that neighborhood. Yeah. 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 I think for the most part, being around sports, we we're always outside. Oh, yeah. yeah. Nowadays, it's, it's tough to see kids have that same enjoyment that I think we did. And I'm not saying we're much older than the younger generation now, but I think our priorities are completely different. Oh yeah. Now there's a, there was a big transition, you know, but it'll, it'll be interesting to see how that plays out. But now I'm definitely bullish. I think it'll be middle of summer, but I think we'll slingshot in a good way. And yeah, we're going to be in person. People are itching for it, dude. There's going to be plenty of Nespresso drink, you know, amongst colleagues and oh, friends coming it. up. <laughs> well, that's, that's why we're going to make it happen myself, you know? Heck yeah, dude. Heck yeah, dude. No, we'll get it out there. But, uh, Dude, no, thanks for coming on. We'll do this again. Maybe we'll rope in Toddy next time. We'll just have a little roundtable about sales or something. Oh, you better make it a three-hour call then. I like it. I like it, brother. But uh, thanks for recording. <laughs> I'll get to something. Catch you guys soon. Yeah, appreciate it, Brett. Thanks. Hey, thanks again for tuning in. And if we can help out with anything insurance-wise, please don't hesitate to reach out. Brett at mpbic.com. And catch you on the next one.